We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, let's get into Ryan. Let's talk about Riley Leonard's game. We're going to just kind of do like an overview of his game, talk about what his game is about, and then get into the, the strengths of it. And then, of course, areas where he needs to improve or, or some concerns. Just overall, you're getting a different type of quarterback than you got with Sam Hartman and Jack Cohn, the last two transfers. Very. This is not a they're not good players. Notre Dame went, was it 20 and five? With those two kids at quarterback, right? They did yeah. some good things at Notre Dame. This isn't meant to be a he's better, they're worse. It's just different. You yes. know, Jack was very much a sit in the pocket guy. Sam brought a little bit more mobility to the table, but it was his mobility was more about if there's an opening in front of him, he was fast enough to kind of run through it and make some plays. We saw that against Duke, obviously, in that game. We saw that against Clemson, but he wasn't a guy who was going to make a lot of plays in the pocket. Right. That's the reality of it, and or out of the pocket, I should say. With Riley, he would say that both of those guys were going to sit in the pocket, do their damage, distributing the football. That's when they were at their best. Notre Dame would certainly, certainly wants a quarterback that can distribute the football, Ryan. But yep. what they also want is a playmaker, and Riley brings a lot more of a, a a playmaking ability to the table, a guy that is going to make plays with his arm and his legs, and a guy where everything doesn't have to be perfect for him to be yes. successful. That's really what it boils down to for me. Yeah. I mean, I've said Just it a ton picture. of times. Yeah. Big picture. I've said it probably five or six times on the channel already, but he makes the imperfect perfect at times. He, he is, a, he's a the get out of jail free card thing. I've, I've been saying, right. But like, he's a, he basically is a, a mulligan at the quarterback position when things aren't right. And you're in a bad play. He can make a bad play a good play a lot of the time. I mean, and he is one of those kids that is so gifted athletically and so sturdy of a player in the pocket that he can also extend. And he extends as a passer a lot, too. I think people just kind of assume that he's just this rushing threat. But, I mean, I was watching some film of him just this morning again where, I mean, he's throwing some seeds as an extender and just kind of stepping up in the pocket and being able to be that guy. So a play's never dead with Riley Leonard. And, obviously, he brings a dynamic that, Notre Dame hasn't had a quarterback in a few years now. Like they just haven't had that guy. I mean, Ian book gave you some of that, right? I mean, but 
I mean, to have a true six foot four, 215 plus pound kid that's probably going to run somewhere around four, six flat can be a leading rusher of a power five football team, which he was at Duke last year. And he was at Duke this year before he got hurt as well and still be able to be a player that has a lot of upside as a passer. Nerdy just doesn't have that, hasn't had that recently as much. And they haven't really had that since that little string of, you know, like the, the Sean Kaisers of the world from a talent perspective, you know, like the Malik Zaire's to a degree, like they just haven't had those Mm -hmm. type of dual threat capacity quarterbacks. So he is very different from what they've had recently. He's a little different also from what they have currently on the roster. Now, some of the players on the roster, like Kenny Minchie, for instance, and CJ Carr, when he get, when he's officially, you know, ready to go and get rolling, they bring some of the dual threat as far as extenders, right? Like they can move Mm -hmm. in the pocket. They have quick feet, but they're never going to be, 700 yard rushers in a season right. like Riley Leonard has been for Duke 699 yards in 2022. It's just a little bit of a different dynamic. He is different than what Notre Dame has had and no. difference brings two things, right? Different means that there's different potential. There's a different capacity that you could reach. Also different means that you have to be able to utilize that yeah. difference. So you have to adopt right. and be able to adapt right. to that type of quarterback. So there's a couple of differences that are going to need to happen at Notre Dame at the quarterback position, but Riley Leonard yeah. is certainly a different cat than what you've had a quarterback stylistically the last couple of years. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We did not say this earlier, Ryan, 
Uh, we'll end this segment with this, obviously, or we'll, b- before we move on to fully diving into it. Uh, but he is a he has one year of eligibility left for those asking. He played as a freshman. I think he played like nine or ten games as a freshman at least. He, he was the backup, yeah, yeah, and and came off the bench, did some running around, and 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 then obviously was a starter in twenty twenty two, and then played seven games this year. So yep. he doesn't have a, a potential for a redshirt opportunity, and he came into college after COVID. So he doesn't have a COVID year either. He has one year of eligibility. And then that's kind of what they were looking for, Ryan, too, is a guy that had that one year can bridge that gap. Yep. So let's dive into Riley specifically what we like about his game, Ryan. We've been talking a lot about it, but but we have to focus first and foremost on that playmaker aspect. Because when you look at Notre Dame's best teams, in my opinion, over the years, you had playmakers at quarterback. Now, playmakers can be different things. It, you, to me, Jimmy Clausen was a playmaker, not because he could do anything with his legs because he couldn't, but he could do things with his arms that just not a lot of people could do, right? Just a guy that's not just running the offense and getting the – like Jack Cohn, I love Jack Cohn. You're not going to find yeah. – outside of the Cohn family, I don't know that you're going to find a bigger Jack Cohn fan than me. I loved what he did for Notre Dame, and I've said before – you and I did talk about this, I know – if you could have had Jack Cohn on last year's 2022 football team, that team would have been yeah. really hard to beat. Uh, just a heck of a kid. And him and Sam both did a great job of buying into Notre Dame. Like Riley will have to buy into Notre Dame, which I don't think is going to be an issue. No. But those guys were, here's the offense, run it, get the ball where it needs to get to, get it to your playmakers. That was their job. And they both occasionally would scramble. Jack had that, what was it, USC? And that, yep. it took him forever to – it was like a 28-yard touchdown run. It felt like it took him forever to get to the end zone. Might have been North Carolina. What yep. you're getting from from Riley, Ryan, is, yes, a guy that can make a lot of plays with his arm. There's no doubt. And we'll talk specifically about the different things he can do. But you can't dispute the fact that what makes him unique is his ability to make plays inside of the structure of the offense, but more importantly – outside the structure and why that matters is when you look at games like Clemson when you look at Ohio State when you look at you know Louisville when things aren't going well and they've got you're they've got a good read on what you're doing or guys aren't getting open or whatever the case may be do you have a guy that can go make plays and I've said this I don't know that Riley Leonard would have done any better than Sam Hartman throwing the football against Ohio State but one thing I can say confidently, you don't get stopped twice on fourth and one with Riley Leonard as your quarterback. He, that's he not might a knock score on Sam Hartman. Fourth and one. He might score yeah, on the fourth it, and one. And yeah, that's not a knock score. on Sam Hartman. That's not – you didn't bring Sam Hartman here to put his shoulder down and run over a DB and pick up a fourth down, right? Riley Leonard, you're, you're thinking he can make those plays. And when you look at the Clemson game, when your receivers aren't getting open and your offensive line's getting their butt kicked in the second half and things just aren't going well, he's the kind of kid that can go make a play just like he did with the Duke offense against Notre Dame. Notre Dame was shutting Duke's offense down. Second half, Riley started getting going with his legs and started doing some different things, and that kind of sprung them to a couple touchdown scores in the second half. So you're bringing that kind of guy to where your margin for error, Ryan, increases as an offense because you have a kid like him because you don't always have to be in the right call and the right check and everything's got to go perfectly. This is the guy. You want an example? If you haven't watched the Clemson game, folks, Ryan, you know exactly what play I'm going to talk about right now. It was a seven to six game, I believe, and they're near midfield and they run a quarterback run. Riley gets hit by three guys in the backfield. Bounces off of him. Next, it was like a quarterback counter, right? Like a quarterback counter. And he's sprinting up the right sideline for like forty yards, 
and yeah. gets them into the scoring territory. Like that play had no business working. None. Yep. We've seen yep. Audric Estime make runs like that. We saw him make a run like that this year, Ryan. You've got a quarterback that can do things like that now. And that just adds a completely different element to your offense. And on that play, I think he shrugged off at least one of Barrett Carter, Jeremiah Trotter. Yes. And also he outraced Nate Wiggins to the sideline on that play and beat him around the corner. And Nate Wiggins, yes. folks, is going to go high in this draft and he's going to fly when he tests. That kid is very mm-hmm. athletic. But I mean, Brian, like I'll say it like this, right? I think the biggest misnomer about Riley Leonard that Notre Dame, some Notre Dame fans that don't like the move are going to put out there is this is a running quarterback. And I hate that label. I hate it so much because I'm watching this kid. And honestly, I think that the Duke offense and skill position was a little bit of a disservice to him at times because he is navigating. He is sticking hard in the pocket. He's a very strong, sturdy kid in the pocket, by the way. He can shrug off would-be rushers and be able to move and navigate. But eventually, there were just some plays where you're just like, nobody's open, man. Like, what are you going to do? Like, no one's there. And that's where that dual threat capacity really brings in. Because, yeah, they do some quarterback run game stuff with him. You just mentioned a quarterback counter that he ran. But a lot of his rush rushes are actually off of just him being a playmaker as a passer, being an extender, being a guy that can pull the football and be that type of dude. But at the baseline, because I think Notre Dame fans will notice, I retweeted a couple of clips that I put up even before the season this last year of Riley Leonard throwing the football from different arm angles. I think everyone will notice I'm not tweeting out runs that Riley Leonard did in 2022. I'm not doing that. I'm putting out there that I think that this kid has legitimate tools to be a big time quarterback he has a strong arm he has a quick release he throws from different arm angles he can do all the type of stuff I think if Notre Dame is able to put good skill around him which obviously they're hitting the portal to do I think that Riley Leonard has a chance to blossom into a very good passer on this level because you saw a lot of it in 2022 2023 it's a lost season at the end of the day that's how I would phrase it you got off to a good start then injuries happen, you come back, another injury happens. It's a little bit of a lost season. But at the baseline, this is a sturdy pocket passer that can also kill you with his legs. This is a true dual threat of the world word, but this is not a this isn't Pat White at quarterback, all due respect, right? This isn't Tim Tebow at quarterback, all due respect. This is a pocket quarterback that also happens to run four six flat. That's who Riley Leonard is, in my opinion. And if you want to know why the NFL likes them, it's that right there. Who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL for the most part? It's guys that can rip you up in the pocket, and guys can also make plays with their legs. And, and, and it's it's all Jalen Hurts makes plays in different ways than Pat Mahomes, who makes plays in different ways than Josh Allen. Yep. You know, but but you all you in you know, Joe Burrow's a, a kind of a comp. You know, as far as like. Um, another guy that he's not the athlete that Riley did, but he's not a stiff. You need guys that can move and make plays and Riley can be dynamic moving, not just, you know, being able to having escapability, you know, you've praised Brock Purdy for his, his pocket mobility. He's not going to hurt you as a runner. Riley Brock Purdy's not coming to Notre Dame in a senior year and running for 699 yards and 13 touchdowns. There's different ways to use your feet to make plays. And Riley brings both of them to the table, Ryan. Now, there are some, and, and we'll get into this a little bit later with the footwork things. There are some things to improve upon, but just from a playmaking ability, this is a kid that brings the ability to make make plays with his arm in structure, with his legs 
out of structure with his legs in structure, meaning design runs, but also with his arm out of structure. And I think that's a part of his game that more than anything, I expect to enhance at Notre Dame because at Duke, once he started to run, everybody just kind of turned around and started blocking. <laughs> right. Yeah. What you're going to see at Notre Dame is when he does that, you're going to see guys taken off. Yes. yes. And you're going to see him using Which that ability to get the ball down of- the field. We saw a couple of that this year, even with just Sam Hartman, right? I mean, we talk about right. the Chris Tyree, Chris Tyree scramble drill, but wasn't it Jane Greathouse's first touchdown of the year where Hartman broke the pockets to the left and it's, threw it on a little bit of a yeah, first, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It might have been a second. It was a second because he hit the post route first. Yeah, and kid had two touchdowns in his first game. Which one was <laughs> right. it? Um, right. But I think it was the second one, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, but I could be wrong on that, but you're, you're correct. He starts running around Jaden just, you know, and now what you do is, is there's different ways to do it. You don't need everyone to be in scramble drill. You can have guys yeah. blocking for him. There's different ways to teach it. When you have a quarterback like this, when Sam Hartman scrambles, everybody start working, try to get open. Right. And with Riley, you may have a guy, Hey, if you're low, you know, if you come, you stay in block, but if you're crossing or if you're, if you're high, you come back, you know, whatever, there's all types yeah. of different ways you can teach it to where, where you can still allow him to do that. And I think that's a part of his game you're going to see enhanced this year, Ryan, at Notre Dame, which is something that I, I'm not faulting Duke for how they did it. That makes sense. I, I don't want him getting the ball out to other people in that regard. I want him being the one with the football. It'll be a little bit different at Notre Dame. And, uh, you know, but the playmaking aspect is something that you bring to the table. And, and also, to me, a playmaker like that is an elevator. He's a guy that elevates people around him because you now have to account for him in a way that you never had to account for uh, guys like Sam Hartman and and Jack yep. Cohn and some of the different quarterbacks in their name has had Jimmy Clausen, you know, for as good this as he was. Yeah. Right. And so now you have to imp- you have to defend him differently, which is going to create more openings. We've seen this with guys in the past, like like even even a guy like Brandon Wimbush, the way that you had to defend him created opportunities i'm watching trying to remember what game it was right it might have been the kansas game i think it was duke's second touchdown run they're at the six yard line they run outside zone and riley's just looking at the linebacker and the linebacker doesn't budge and then they run outside zone and he cuts up and that linebacker eventually gets over and hits him a yard into the end zone yep. why did he not make that play because he had to hold long enough to make sure riley wasn't gonna keep it oh it's and it, yet, he's Leonard's going to make everyone better around him. There's no doubt about that because, I mean, people keep talking about – this is a good example in the NFL right now. Jalen Hurts, who you talked about earlier with his ability to run the football, he's been banged up a little bit this year, so he hasn't been as good a runner. You know what's happened to the Philadelphia Eagles rushing offense? Hasn't been as good down the stretch of the season so far. It started off really hot. Jalen got banged up. The rushing offense has taken a massive step forward. You know who's going to be better just having Riley Leonard in the run game? The offensive line. They're going to be a whole lot yeah. better because he can make the wrong rights. You know who's going to be a lot better? Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price, Kedron Young if yeah. he plays, Jabron Payne. Yeah. Like They are going to be better just because there's going to be a linebacker or a safety or an alley defender that is going to have to account for Riley Leonard every single play when they're in the gun and they're running some type of inside zone or some type of look like that because – What's going to happen the first time that they don't honor Riley Leonard, Brian, is that yeah. Riley's going to Riley's going to keep it. Yep. And Riley's not a guy that, hey, Sam Hartman, you do that, and Sam Hartman might get six or seven yards, and you're like, cool, man, awesome, nice play. Keep it, keep it moving, yep. right? Keep, keep the offense rolling. That could be a touchdown against Riley Leonard. That could be a 30-yard gain against Riley mm-hmm. Leonard. 
Those are the explosive. So it's going to make the running game better. It's going to make the offensive line better. And you know what we know Jared Parker wants to do more of in this offense? RPO game. Well, you know right. what is going to make a whole lot better? The thought of that now that that's that front side alley defender now says, I'm going to come up because I think Riley might keep this ball. And now I hit a little bit of a dagger route right to the middle of the field. That's or, every part of it. And, and it's not even just the safety reading it that way. Sometimes when you're playing a quarterback like him, you have to call it that way, Ryan, where you need to say, we need to have a guy in the alley and a guy in the box because we have to find a way to get someone from the third level to come to the second level to defend all these different things, right? Because what you can do, you know, what I can do as an offensive coordinator, if I have a guy that can do the things that Riley Leonard can do, I can have him handle the defensive end even when it's not even a read because you're so concerned about that guy. So now I can change my blocking scheme where I don't have to necessarily worry about getting my tight end. So you guys should see it in film this year. Notre Dame would run their inside zone. And every time they ran inside zone, they had to do something to get a body backside to secure that C gap. So either you had a tight end lined up backside or you'd have a tight end front side and bring him back or you'd have a second running back coming back or you'd bring a receiver in motion to kind of to chip that guy, whatever you had to account for that with Riley Leonard, you don't have to account for that, which means your quarterback can take that guy, which means now you have an extra blocker down the field blocking second, third level, or you can use those receivers more now to run more RPOs because you don't have to worry about getting your tight end involved in blocking backside on inside zone all the time. You, you still will, you'll still call traditional inside zone, but you can also mix it up to where now you know, you've got a little RPO action with your tight end as well. Or you can put your tight end front side, and it's almost like you're getting a 12 personnel block out of 11 personnel because the quarterback now handles what the, the second tight end would normally do, which is the backside edge. So there, so you as a defensive coach have to make a decision. How do we get that extra hat in the box to account for the quarterback? Yeah. And it's going to come either from a corner a, 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 or an or safety. And so what you and you see you see Riley Leonard do this a lot at Duke, right? I mean, they run a lot of glance routes, they run post routes. So, you know, they'll do a lot of different RPO stuff that Notre Dame really couldn't do this year because they didn't influence teams that same way. Now, this isn't to say it wouldn't be go with Audric Estimate, but when you look at it and you think about Riley with the dynamic speed that next year's backfield will have, it makes even more dangerous because you've got to make a decision right now. As a safety, you can't hem and haw and be like, I'm not, I'm going to try to play both because not only is your quarterback dynamic enough to hurt you with his legs, Ryan, you also have running backs that if you are a second late reacting to them, they're gone. I mean, that that's the fact. I mean, if, if you're a safety and you're trying to play both and you're, you're kind of off center and they run in that inside zone, if he gets to that first level of attack and your safety's trying to come from over here, he's not catching Jeremiah Lovers or Darian Price. It's not happening. You didn't have that type of dynamic. So now you're not only doing that, but now that guy comes down. He's got to declare that's where your RPO game behind it comes into play. Where this year's RPO game was just nows and quick outs and hitches. And they'll still run that stuff. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. But now you have the ability to run that at Duke a little bit. I mean, they ran it at Duke as well. So Yeah. Yeah. But you also now add the RPO ability to hit those quick glance routes, maybe a quick post route. Uh, mm-hmm. quick out things like that. We, we right. used to call it an arrow route too when I was when, when I was in high school. Like we instead of a, it wasn't a slant. It was literally like just a straight line to get to right to the middle of the yeah. field to like a little bit of an empty hole. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's a lot of different opportunities with a guy yep. like Leonard now in the offense from an RPO perspective. So there's a lot of different things that you can do 
Ryan, to to that that his legs and his playmaking ability enhances your offense. And that's why so many NFL teams, so many college teams are looking for guys that are playmakers, not yes. just sit in the pocket. I mean, you know, I, I, could you imagine what LSU's record would have been this year if they didn't have Jaden Daniels? I mean, uh, it just you, you look at what Bo Nix did to that offense at Oregon and how he enhanced that offense at Oregon. And that was an offense, Ryan, that wasn't exactly like hurting for, you know, dynamic quarterbacks over the years. But if you look at Oregon, anytime they've ever been good, They've had a guy quarterback that could do exactly what we're talking about. You, you look at 2021, the last year before the year before Bo Nix got there, that Anthony Brown at quarterback, mobile, yep. not, not a very mobile. I mean, he's a decent athlete, but he wasn't like a, a guy that scared you running. He had, you know, what, five, six hundred yards, but he wasn't a guy that really scared you running. But when you add Bo Nix to the mix, who who literally would you have to you just have to account for him. He brings a completely different dynamic. All of a sudden, your your offense goes from like thirty one points a game in one year to thirty eight the next, and then forty four the next. Right? I mean, you're you're seeing an elevation there. And then, like like we've talked about, the town around him is going to be such that you, you're just going to have some like teams would defend Duke to stop Riley Leonard and the backs. Yes. And we talked about this. What was Notre Dame's game plan? Make the receivers beat you. They can't. <laughs> And that's exactly what they did, Ryan. They they said, "Look, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have numbers in the box. We're not gonna let him get outside and hurt us." And he still did, but it was basically, if you're gonna beat us, your receivers are gonna have to beat us, and they weren't good enough to do that. Notre Dame, barring disaster between now and the yeah. and next, we'll have receivers good enough to beat you if you don't account for if if you don't account for them. So it just makes the whole operation more dynamic, and and that's how you say, well, how can a quarterback elevate a team that much? These are reasons why, because of how you have to defend a kid like this. This is why you recruit guys like Deuce Knight. This is why you recruit different players. And 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 you just even look at like a guy like Deshaun Kaiser, a big part of what made him successful that first year as a starter, even though he wasn't a guy going through multiple reads and all that. It was just you had to you, it was hard to defend that Notre Dame team. You had to yep. worry about Will Fuller and Chris Brown and C, and CJ Procise out of the backfield. And then, oh, by the way, you've got a quarterback who's six four, runs a four six. Who can, yeah. Yeah, who can <laughs> keep the ball and hurt you with his legs. I would argue that that Deshaun was obviously bigger than Riley, but Riley's a more dynamic athlete than Deshaun was, without yep. question, in my opinion. And so uh, it just adds a completely different element to the table. But, Ryan, as you mentioned, this isn't all about him as a runner. That yeah. that that This is more about playmaker. This is a kid that has arm talent, and that's the first thing you talked about when we introduced you know IB Nation to Riley Leonard last season – is yep. this is a kid that brings a lot of modern passing ability to the table? What does that mean? You want yep. a quick release. You want a kid that can change arm angles, a guy that can make plays, you know, off platform, a guy that can make plays out of structure. Those are two different things. And a guy that has the, the ability to get the ball into some tougher windows, right? And now tougher windows, I don't mean spit, f- f- throwing 95 mile an hour fastball between three guys. I mean, you've got an edge coming on. The edge has played your screen effectively. Can you go here and sidearm it and get it around them and make that throw? This kid can do those things. So that's the first thing that stands out to me, Ryan, is he's a kid that can re- – he can re- he has a – I love his release. And what I mean by that is it's fast and compact for a kid who's as tall as he is. Very quick release. But he has a repeatable release point when he changes arm angles and that can be, that can be the most difficult thing. So like for me as a quarterback, I couldn't do that. I could not consistently, I could not dip my arm. I could throw here or here. That was it because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't provide a consistent 
accurate release point with all those different things. Not every quarterback can do that. Jack Cohn couldn't really do that. So this is a kid that can can have a very similar release point and throw accurately however he yep. does it. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna lose my train of thought for a second here, Brian, because I looked at the chat, and Ladarius, who's my guy, I think just said in the chat, did Sam Hart, did uh, Riley Leonard commit today? And it's like, Ladarius, you're in a show that's called Riley Leonard commits to Notre Dame, my guy. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for that laugh. Yeah. I needed that yes. one, man. That yes, he great. did. He did yes, commit he to did. Notre Dame. Yes. He did. Yes, he did. But yeah, Brian, I remember his first game during his sophomore year, right? So 2022. I saw Riley in that game, and I had—I didn't even know he was a dual-threat quarterback at that point. I didn't know who Riley Leonard was. I had no idea. He threw a couple – it was like intermediate, deepish, kind of just towards the sideline throws where he had to change his arm angle, and he had to throw with a little bit of anticipation. He had to take something off from an, an arm speed perspective that I was like, oh, that's that's different, man. Like, Duke might have a good one there. And then you add in the fact that he's also a dynamic runner, right? So the baseline of what got me excited about Riley Leonard was fully about his arm talents and his ability right. to throw the football. That was the baseline because I think, again, we need to remember this kid is a quarterback that also has the ability to dice you up in the run game. He can do a lot of things with his legs, obviously, but the thing that first got my attention was he can throw the football and he could do a right. lot of great things in the passing game and two of the throws that I highlighted on Twitter was crumbling pocket, imperfect platform, and he just sidearms this thing out on it. I think it was on a deep out on the one, and the other one was, I think, an RPO where it was just like an RPO outside hitch from the, from the opposite hash, where you're just like, guys, it's not ordinary, right? Like that stuff isn't ordinary. A lot of quarterbacks need to completely turn their fronts, need to get their, their lower and upper body aligned, and they need to have a good solid platform to make that throw with the anticipation and the arm speed that he does. Riley didn't need it. He crumbling pocket off his back foot can just sling it out there with easy, uh, easy arm, arm speed and arm angle. And he is just got a lot of talent, man. And that's the baseline for me, because if you take away the running ability of Riley, I still think he has a lot of tools to work with, man. I would still be really excited about him, but then you throw in the athleticism and you're like, okay, well, that's what we call a complete package. If he's developed properly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. And there's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. And the holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist 
and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. Ryan, when you look at him too, again, Notre Dame wants a playmaker quarterback, but they have to have a guy that can make plays in the pocket. This staff is confident that this kid can make plays in the pocket, and that's going to be a big part of what he does. But I think you mentioned, and somebody in the chat was talking about, you know, the concern they have is that it took him X amount of time to, you know, Jack Cohn. It took Jack Cohn several games to learn the offense. It took Sam Hartman sure. some time, although I would argue Sam Hartman actually kind of came out pretty, pretty well. But that's yeah. why the playmaking ability is important because he can still do damage even if he doesn't necessarily have the whole offense down by game one at Texas A&M, right? Raises the um, floor, raises the baseline right. because until right. you're figuring everything out from a pass game perspective, you right. still have that running threat that's always going to be there, right? Like It's, it's right. just like having something in your holster at all times. Like You have that available when you need it. Uh, two, a couple other things I like about Riley as a passer. Number one, Ryan, or the next one, Ryan, is I think he throws with really good timing. When he when he goes yeah. through his progression correctly, he shows me the understanding that I have to throw guys open. What does that yes. mean? Throwing guys open doesn't mean I'm covered and I'm going to throw it and somehow that makes you open. What it means is you get the ball where it needs to get to into the open area and then the receiver gets to it. That can mean one of two things. Sometimes it means you just get the ball out and let him run underneath it. That's more of a of a like a, a more of a veteran NFL type of thing. What what I mean in the yeah. college context is, you know where a guy's running his route. You know where the break is going to happen. You don't wait for him to get open, then sure. throw the football. You sure. throw it now. And he did a pretty good job of this at Duke. And and at times, you'd see the receivers just. I mean, honestly, like they weren't expecting it. Like they weren't prepared for it. You know, in year one, yep. they got better and better and better at it as the year went on. But he's a guy that understands. I mean, there's there's a play, Ryan, I'm, I think against Kansas, where he's reading left. He's reading a one-on-one left, and he has sort of like a triangle concept happening to the right. He reads the one-on-one, comes right back, and he looks. You can see it because the, the, the video, Ryan, was coming from behind him, so you could see his head. He sees yep. that they jump the middle route, and he just immediately starts cocking and doesn't even see it yet and starts looking for the, the curl. Because they had a they had a curl, a middle, and then like a flat triangle, right? So read the bang the bang the one on one. Once you see this backer go here, I know this is coming open, and he throws it as the guy's hitting his break, comes back to it wide open, easy 12, 13 yard gain. You'll see him do it on outcuts, corner routes. Now it's not always, but a lot. He does a really nice job of when he reads it correctly. And he's going through his progressions. He gets that ball out on time. That's the difference between a guy catching the ball on the sideline and going out of bounds or a guy catching the ball near the sideline and turning upfield and running. It can be the difference. There were several times this year when we would early in the year where we would pray Sam Hartman for this, where, well, you get that ball out quickly on the break. The guys catch it. They they run. They make plays. Chris Tyree had a play like this early in the year. Later in the year, that timing wasn't there. As certain receivers he'd build a connection with weren't in the lineup anymore and guys were moving around, and he clearly wasn't as comfortable. When he wasn't getting the ball out quicker, they would make catches, but then they'd get knocked out of bounds right away. It's the difference right. between the two. Riley did a pretty good job of that at Duke, in my opinion, of, of getting the ball out with good timing, understanding that you don't wait for a guy to make eye contact with you before you throw it. Guy doesn't have to have it. He can have his back to you, 
get that ball out there. And he also does a good job too, Ryan, of knowing when I've got to put a little touch on it and let him run underneath it yep. or when I can zip it and put it on him and who he could do that with and who he couldn't do that with. Because you could see that evolve. There was a couple guys early in the year that he tried to throw those quick zips to and they just were unprepared. Later in the year with those guys, you'd see him throwing with a little bit more touch to those same players. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's just getting that relationship with your players. So to me, that's an important part of running this type of offense that Notre Dame's going to run is you've got to be able to understand throwing with good timing, throwing guys open and those type of things. And I, and I certainly think Riley brings that to, we saw that on film last year and we saw it again this year on film uh, before his injury. And those are kind of requisites to work with David Cutcliffe. Because I think we also need to remember that is that this was not a Mike Elko recruit, right? Like this was a David Cutcliffe recruit. And David Cutcliffe isn't just recruiting guys that are pure athletes at the position and guys that are just going to be running quarterbacks. Like he wants those variables to be a part of the offense, obviously structurally for Duke as well. And it's I I think that is that is stood with Matt Johns as well, as far as that is a part of the offense that they wanted to. And I think that that is obviously still a, a growth area that Riley can have moving forward. But for the, for, I agree with you is that the sense that he does, I think, see the game at a pretty good level already, you know, like he sees backside, you know, front side, not open. Let's work to the backside quickly. You know, whether I have a bang eight backside or I have a slant or I have a, a curl, whatever it is, you have to get your eyes back there when you understand that there's kind of overloading to one side from a coverage perspective. So mm-hmm. he has that in him. I think he hundred percent has it in him. I would have loved, cause I think this conversation would be completely different. Well, it would have been very different if he didn't get hurt this year, because he'd probably be working for the NFL right. draft right now. Like he'd be starting to prepare that. But I think the perception of him just would be a little bit different from Notre Dame fans for the negative side of the conversation. But certainly, I think that the tools are there from an anticipatory perspective as a thrower as well. I would agree. Final thing is, Ryan, he does not throw the deep ball a bunch. And there's still work to be done with his footwork, which I'll get into with the deep ball. But you go back and watch his 2022 film, the the lack of deep ball production is more of a product of the system than him. He can throw the ball down the field. And uh, that's like one of the first games I studied with him was the Duke game. And there was two Duke? plays in that game, or excuse me, Which Kansas game, game yeah. when <laughs> okay. Kansas game in 2022. There were like, two no, throws you're, you're he made. spring games already. That's I know, crazy, right? Man. <laughs> I was breaking down the blue white game from his freshman yeah. year. That's how serious <laughs> I am. No, I was watching the Kansas game from 2022, and there were th- two throws he made that you're like, that right there, just arm talent wise, that there's not a throw he can't make. Because you know when right. you have a guy that's that's great 20 in, and and we've talked about this, Riley throws to me with a lot of zip 20 in. You know, I, I haven't seen a ton of balls where he just launches one with speed and velocity on a 40, you know, 40 yard corner. Yeah. And he just ropes. Still, they just don't they don't throw that route at Duke. But he made two throws against against uh, three throws, excuse me, against Kansas. One, one was incomplete. Two got caught. One was a go route where the receiver did like a double move. So Riley had to kind of pump and he threw it. It probably traveled. I mean, I'm trying. It was all, it was over 50 yards from the far hash up the far side. You remember what I'm talking about? Got Duke inside the 10 yeah. was the first score of the game, set it up. He had another play where he just kind of flicked a post route about 50 plus yards and hit a guy over the top. And then he had another, uh, another post route where the guy, I don't think made the play, but he just flicked it over the top. It was, it was the back of the end zone against Kansas. They broke it up, but it was just mm-hmm. an easy, it was, it was actually probably closer to 60 than it was 50. Cause he threw it from like the minus 48, and the ball got broken up near the back of the end zone. Now, the critique on the play is he waited too long. 
to throw the football. Sure. Uh, but you saw the and he and he didn't have to like you know, just muscle it up. It was an easy, it was a natural throw. And so you saw enough of it to where you can project him to throw the deep ball effectively. If they have to, if they're going to do it more, you think of the post routes they threw this year, the goal balls they threw this year, none of those throws. Cause I thought Sam Hartman threw a great deep ball when he threw it. There's nothing that he physically doesn't have the talent to do deep ball wise. It's not something I'm going to say, he's, you're going to come in and throw 90 deep balls next year. I'm not saying that, sure. but this is a kid to me that certainly has the ability to, you know, we talk about with Chris Mitchell and these these bigger receivers on the boundary. Your your vertical game does not will not miss a beat this year because Riley Leonard's your quarterback. If anything, I think it enhances it because I do believe you're going to see more you're going to see more single high this year or man against Notre Dame. You're almost going to have to or quarters because – when you when you look at the way that teams defended Duke, they never had to really account for the tight end, and they never really had to account for the vertical ball, and so they could defend them a certain way. When you defend Notre Dame that way, you're going to be presented with more risks, and you wonder how our team's going to defend that because you you've, you're going to have big, tall, long, athletic tight ends that can run the seams. We saw Mitchell Evans do that a bunch this year before he got hurt. We saw we know Eli Raritan can run the seams. Cooper Flanagan can run the seams. You didn't have that weapon at Duke. You didn't right. have the the 6'4", 6'5", Deion Coles, and the 6'3", Bo Collins in the boundary at Duke that you could throw go balls to and deep comebacks to. You didn't have the speed outside of the Chris Mitchells and the Cam Williams, those type of players at Duke. And and so there's just going to be – there's going to be weapons there that you can take better advantage of that that to me will, will say we're going to see more of the go balls this year or the deep balls this year, not go balls, but deep balls this year. So it was good to to go through the film because that was probably my one question about him, Ryan. Because I didn't I didn't study the Kansas game before this last month. So when I saw that game, and then there's a couple throws he had against, I believe Northwestern this year. Uh, last yeah, this year, and yeah. then he had a couple balls against North Carolina last year. He had a couple deep balls against Carolina last year. Where you're like, okay, it's there. He's yeah. got the tools to do it. They just didn't do it a whole lot. He, he threw a beautiful ball. I think it was against Northwestern this year to Jalen Calhoun, which I think was just like a, I think it was like a, I don't know if it was a corner post or if it was just a corner or a post corner, or if it was just a corner, but either way it got into that vicinity near the sideline and he just dropped it in. I mean, it was a beautiful throw. So there are, there is obviously upside there. I think that people need to understand that, it's always going to be dependent on development from the wide receiver position, just how good Notre Dame is going to be at wide receiver in 2024. But they're going to be a lot more talented than what he had at Duke. Like, there's no doubt about that, guys. Like, I liked Chandler Calhoun was a very solid football player for Duke. You know, a nice little slot receiver, guy that can return some kicks. Jaden Moore, the former quarterbacks, is a solid little player, right? But None of those guys are going to threaten you vertically to be like, oh, man, we really need to, you know, we need a bracket here. or We need to really play off a little bit. Like, they're just not those players. They are short underneath separators, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that does limit your offense as far as the ability to push it vertically, the ability to kind of get get, get that the dense box out of there a little bit, right? And get less defenders working the short and underneath zones. Like you need to be able to really unloosen that a little bit. And they didn't, weren't able to loosen it at Duke this past year or the last two years, really. They weren't able to do it enough. Notre Dame is going to have a lot more speed and a lot more ability at wide receiver. And as long as it's developed properly, I think Riley's going to be very happy about that. Cause I do think that Riley would like to, and it's just me watching his film. 
I do believe that he would like to create a little bit more explosive plays through the air, but I just don't think it was possible. I mean, for them to be an explosive passing attack at Duke, you had to scheme it up perfect, and you had to work off out, out of structure sometimes with him doing scramble drills. You would have to do those types of things. Notre Dame should naturally just have better wide receivers in 2024 where it's like, Cam, one-on-one coverage, go win. Chris Mitchell, one-on-one coverage, go win. Deion Colsey, one-on-one coverage, go win. Bo Collins, one-on-one coverage, go win. I think you just have more winners in a one-on-one perspective than what he had at Duke. So I do believe that that will be a better part of his game in 2024, but certainly it's a part of his game that is a projection at this point because you just haven't seen it enough. Yes, yes. Can he be a volume downfield guy? We don't right. know the answer to that. It's We've only seen probably probably three games in his entire career where they actually – the Kansas game was one. That's what keep pointing that game. Uh, the North Carolina game, I believe, was another where it was a key part of what they were doing offensively was yeah. attacking down the field. We just didn't see it a whole lot. But I, I do think the arm town is there for that. And, and you mentioned, Ryan, I mean, you got to – if you're right – and I remember people said this in the chat at the time because, you know, I think part of it's because how much we praised Riley Leonard just for being the Duke quarterback was, could you imagine Riley Leonard sitting on the other side of the, of the field watching Sam Hartman throw to like Mitchell Evans thinking, man, I would love to have a, a kid like that at tight end, right? Yeah. And he's going to yeah. have that, plus plenty of talent at the wide receiver position. So uh, cer- certainly there's a lot there. Any other things that we like about his game, Ryan, that you wanted to get into before we talk about the areas where he's going to have to develop or you know maybe some concerns yeah. we have about his game? I mean, the other thing I really like is I really do think he's very sturdy in the pocket. I think he's phys- I think he's a very like strongly put together guy because again, he's he's only about two hundred fifteen pounds, two hundred twelve pounds or so. But being and being at six foot four, you would kind of look at that and be like, you know, is that a little bit skinny? But he's he's kind of got that Trevor Lawrence feel to his game in the pocket, where it's like he's a lot sturdier than maybe what his body type would tell you. Like he is a pretty strong player in the pocket. And he's not afraid to sit in there either. Like he's a pretty sturdy and tough kid in the pocket, which I really like because I think that points to the fact that he is a quarterback. He is a guy that wants to go through reads and he's a guy that can sit in that pocket. And he's a guy that also, I don't think Notre Dame's had enough of this recently, a, a guy that when there is a free rusher or there is some pressure, you can kind of shake that off a little bit and you can still extend in the pockets, not as a runner, but be able to step up and break a tackle and keep your eyes downfield. I think he has that to his game as well. Yeah. Let's talk about some areas, Ryan, where we want to see, where, I would say areas where his game can still grow and improve. And, and, and overall, I think his entire game can still grow and improve. Like when, when, when Sam Hartman, it was just about, and Jack Cohn was like, look, this is who they are. Now it's just about getting them comfortable in the offense you're trying to run. Getting, you know, changing Sam's footwork to get him more comfortable, not being in the mesh, things along those lines. But he was what he was from a skill set yeah. standpoint as a six year senior. Sure. Jack Cohn was what he was as a, I think, a fifth year senior, uh, but in his final season of eligibility. When you look at Riley, there's still a lot of areas where his game is going to continue to grow. And sure. that's my one, and this is something I put on the board. The only thing that gave me any hesitation about taking Riley Leonard and the thing that that gave me serious pause was the injury and not so much from the injury being something that is going to be long term, although toe injuries can scare me a little bit, but it was more about the lost development that came because of the injury. That's the reality, because a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about is going to be 22 stuff. 
there's a couple good. I mean, he played well this year. I mean, he used his legs and did a lot of damage against Clemson this year. He, he did damage against Notre Dame this year with his legs. And and he had a really good game against Northwestern throwing the ball this year. They blew out UConn. You didn't really need him to do a whole lot in that game. Uh, you know, Clemson obviously has a – and, you know, people saw his numbers against ranked teams. Everybody threw the ball poorly against Clemson this year. Everybody threw the ball poorly against Notre Dame this year, right? I mean, I could point to a lot of quarterbacks that struggled to throw the ball against Notre Dame this year. But that just goes to show there are going to be days, right, where he's not on his game throwing the football, but he can make plays with his legs. But overall, his game still has room to improve. That That's important. And that's going to be where, you know, Gino Gadulli is going to have a completely different task with Riley Leonard than he did with Sam Hartman, in my opinion. Right. The, yeah. the, the biggest change for Riley is going to be he will have to learn to uh, snap the ball and hand the ball off and run play actions from under center. They will sure. do that. Yep. He will have a much easier time doing that than Sam Hartman for, for no other reason than the athleticism. So he'll get into the play action drop quicker because he's quicker than Sam, but he's also three inches taller than Sam. And and play action, and we talked about that during the season. So that's going to be an adjustment for him. It, for, that, that's really the only scheme slash footwork slash skill set adjustment he's going to have to make, in my opinion, to the Notre Dame offense is that right there, is being able to hand the ball off and drop back and throw play action under center. Now, some things that we did see on film. First and foremost, Ryan, his when he he is not he is going to have to continue improving his accuracy. When you look at Riley Leonard, here's the thing I see: I see a guy that has a really consistent release point. His release point rarely gets him into problem into trouble. Every quarterback has it. When he gets off, it's his feet. And yeah. there's a couple things that he's going to have to improve upon. Sometimes when he's moving around in the pocket, you can tell he kind of gets he kind of has like this weird double hitch. Where he want, he doesn't set it cleanly, like the you know moving a moving bam 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 plant throw, you know back foot plant drive throw. He'll kind of get this weird thing, and it'll kind of cause his shoulder to come early, and the ball will go down and away on like outcuts and stuff and overs. He'll miss he'll miss low and away because of that. Don't see it a ton, but see it enough to where you can't miss those opportunities, right? So I have to clean that up a little bit. That'll be something I have to improve upon. But just in a lot of his quick game stuff, Ryan, when he gets his feet, when his feet kind of get a little bit out of rhythm or he oversteps, or he doesn't plantly, you know, properly put that back foot on the target, you'll see him have some misses. And so that to me as a coach, if you're, if your inaccuracy is, is, is due to your upper body, that's a problem for me. That's a lot harder to change. If your accuracy issues that you do have, and they're not extensive are due to your lower body, that to me as a coach is like, whew, I can fix that in the spring. Right. Those yeah. are easily correctable. There's people that say, well, he's not a very accurate quarterback. That's just not fa- – that's just false. Uh, yeah. Before he got hurt, he was completing 63% of his passes. He completed 63% of his passes last year and in an offense where he doesn't have the guys that Notre Dame has running around. So, uh, But is yeah. he, he, he going to be Bo Nix and complete 77% of his passes? No, it's a different offense, and he yeah. doesn't he's, – he's not that type of player. There's going to be some throws he's going to miss. You have to live with it. But you need to be able to minimize those times by cleaning up your footwork. That's going to be the first thing that I see from Riley is, is getting his his feet, getting in a better rhythm when moving around, looking to throw in the pocket. And it's not when he throws on the run, Ryan. He's actually pretty accurate throwing on the run. It's when he tries to be mobile and then plant and throw is when he yeah. kind of gets get into some trouble. And then at times, you know, if a receiver doesn't get out of his break enough, he doesn't quite have that rhythm and he'll kind of – his feet will kind of rush through the delivery 
and create some off-target throws. Those are those are some areas that I that I I want to see Riley improve. And if he can make it, if he can if he can make improvements there, you'll see his accuracy. And, and when I say accuracy, I'm not talking about completion percentage. I'm talking about ball placement and ability yeah. to be more consistent, just getting the ball out there into a catchable zone. You'll see that go up, which then in turn will improve his completion percentage. Well, I, I think one thing that when Gino Gadula got initially hired, I think one thing that he talked about is that he doesn't like to mess with release points, right? Like he doesn't like to mess with arm mechanics. He's more about the lower body and building you up from the floor, right? So, yeah, I think most quarterback coaches would rather it be a footwork issue than a, you know, a release issue or some type of upper body thing. Like you just you would rather kind of build up from the floor. And I, man, Riley Leonard, I think has a really just good compact and easy delivery like he really does the ball comes out quick but i think that he is also a kid that is a little bit of a long strider to a degree which i think is also his running style you know like it kind of takes you off guard because he's got a little bit of a longer gait and i think that he has just the ability to or the the propensity to overstep at times to your to your point right i think mm-hmm. that and you see that with a lot of taller quarterbacks right guys that have longer legs some guys just overstep a little bit and you have to kind of keep things more compact and kind of level it off a little bit and then there's other guys like lamar jackson for instance like his thing early on was that he didn't step enough right like his base right. was too narrow so i mean it's both ways which right? is why like he would sail balls right when lamar yeah. would miss he would sail balls because when you're your step is too low so this yeah. is what it means Right. If you overstep, it drives your release point down. If you yep. understep, it drives like your release point up. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So I I think that the, that obviously is very fixable. You know, the the biggest thing for me is that I you know just kind of talking about it, another thing that I would like to see is that Riley, you are a great athlete. You're going to be involved in the quarterback run game a little bit in Notre Dame. I'm sure they're going to ask you to be an extender at times. Absolutely, because you bring that dynamic to the game. Got to protect yourself a little bit more would be, probably be something, you know, maybe we'll learn how to slide this off season yeah. a little bit at times, you know, because that's his great asset to him. Right. Brian is so he's such a physically like just strong athlete, which is great. And in certain situations, going to need that, you know, on a crucial yeah. third and seven where you need to break a tackle to get the first down near the goal line. Like there's going to be opportunities there, but first and 10 where maybe you get eight and you could maybe get the first down, but like also let's save our body from a hit a little bit. I just think being a little bit smarter with some of the hits that he takes would probably be a better idea for him. He's going to take punishment, Ryan, to your point. There's about two. uh, There's probably one or two hits a game. You're like, dude, you did not need to take that. Which Jaden Daniels needed to learn this year too. It's like Jaden chill man right. chill you don't right. need that you don't need you that. love that though ryan right you'd love that yeah, as opposed to the guy that's always sliding you know like before you should or dips out of bounds two yards short of the first down marker on third down you know you want that kind of guy and you just need to to work on kind of pulling it back a little bit yes that is another area ryan where he and that's kind of one of the big concerns right is is with him is can you keep him healthy but that's why notre dame is confident that hey look we've got a room quarterback room like well we'll talk about this next we'll talk about this yeah. next um, cause I don't want to, I don't want to jump ahead a little bit. Last thing for me, and this is an experiential thing. And this is, this is part of my concern for him missing so much time this year. Ryan is one area where Riley need, right. I'll say this two, two things. Number one, Riley did more full field reads at Duke in 2022 than I would say Sam Hartman probably did his whole career at Wake Forest. That's not a knock on Sam. That's a completely different type of offense. Sam was a kind of a yeah. one, two, you know, bring the cross type of guy. It, you're you, you, now he he could do more than may, than what Notre Dame did the year before, 
but it's just the, the nature of the offense. Riley does a lot more read here, come back to here at Duke. Having said that, as a quarterback that has only started, was it 20 games in his career, and yep. two of them were just on a half a leg this past season, He's that is something that you'd like to see him continue. He's going to need to continue to improve. That's a little bit of a concern early in the season for Notre Dame. Is yep. is that right there? Is he's learning a new offense now? There's that's going to ask him to make a lot more front to back reads or at least front to middle reads. Uh, there's there's a it's a little bit more extensive with the pre snap looks. Now that's an area where I actually think he he's going to be a little bit further along. Than, than what Sam was as far as like just the different types of it's, you know, Kevin Johns has been around a long time, right? Like his stuff, they do a lot of, you know, they do a lot of different reads, but you're going to need to continue to enhance your ability to, to go through progressions properly. Riley's issue is at times, well, it's, it's a lot like most quarterbacks. Sometimes he rushes his reads too, too much where he goes away from the read too quickly, show a little bit of patience, keep looking that guy off you know, and then bring that guy open with your, your, your eyes. I'd like to see him get better at using his eyes to manipulate defenders a little bit, which is part of your progression. Sometimes if a guy's covered, covering your zone, you don't want to go away from him. You he's locked in on you and he's in that zone. You want to manipulate him and get him leaning somewhere else if you can. And if he doesn't, then you come to your check down. And then also Ryan, just kind of, sometimes he's a little bit slower through his progression at times where you're like, Hey, that's not there. Keep going. You know, keep going. Right. And like any quarterback, he'll lock in on certain throws, which is fine. I mean, everyone's going to do that from time to time. It's not something that I noticed was was an issue where he would just lock in on a guy. When he would lock in on a guy, it was it was like, yeah, it, I think that's because the read took him there. Yep. You know, so so those are things. Just just the consistent this consistency through the progressions, but also knowing when to lock. You know, knowing when to hold and not go away from a read too quickly, which means you got to be able to use your eyes to manipulate little bit more effectively those are some things that i want to see riley continue to improve and enhance with his game because you're going to need that in their name offense in my opinion you're certainly going to need that in the offense funny enough the last thing that i i was thinking before the show of like something that i would want to improve on is something that we've already talked about a little bit is i would like to see more chances taken at time from Mm -hmm. a passing perspective but also i don't really want to include that like full throttle because i don't know if that's fully a riley leonard thing you know what i mean like I, just based upon the duke offense that we've talked about so i am very curious to see and i would love to see do we see more aggressiveness early on in his notre dame career yeah. to because brian this is this is like a tough part of quarterback too in my opinion is that early on sometimes quarterbacks need to take some chances because they need to know one what they can do and two what they can't get away with right and mm-hmm. i i'm I, i'm curious to see if riley leonard has even had that moment yet where he's like you know what i can't get away with that because Right. When did he have the opportunity to show that he could or couldn't get away with it at times at Duke? So I'm interested to see if he takes more chances early on in his career because we just haven't seen enough of that. But I think yeah. that's also just a due to the offense and the playmakers you had around him. Yeah, I mean, turnovers at Duke will kill you. I mean, they will absolutely yeah. kill your offense. Yes. Yeah, and that and that's going to be a big part of the spring is is like, look, go out and work on those things in the spring. So that way it's it's you know, it's not a fall camp thing. It's come out. I want to see Riley Mills, the first open practice we have in the spring, throw just a bunch of deep balls. Not because yes. I want Notre Dame's offense to be nothing but deep balls, but it's like that's a part of his game. You need to get that out of him, draw that out of him is a big part of what you do. So those are different areas, Ryan, where you have to look at Riley Leonard and say, 
when Gino Gadulli gets his hands on him, these are the areas you first work on. The progression yeah. part is going to be natural because that's part of just installing the new system. You're going to have to talk every day to and reps, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That'll yeah. that'll take care of itself. That's more of an experience thing than anything, Ryan. I mean, the, and it just comes with reps, 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 reps. And and uh, but the footwork thing is going to be the big one. That that's that's going to be the part where, uh, you know, where you look at Riley and say if if Gino can impact that. You're going to see a 65 to 67. You could potentially see a 65 to 67 percent passer now, and I think that's going to be an area, maybe even a touch higher, 68, maybe just because you're going to see so much more screen game RPO game, I believe, with Riley Leonard than you did with Sam Hartman, which is naturally going to just if Sam Hartman would have run the same offense this year, but Notre Dame used more two more RPOs, you can add at least two to three percentage points on his completion percentage, which was like around 63. Just the nature of the yeah. offense. So it's not saying he's a more accurate passer than Sam. It's just it's just different offense. And you'll eliminate some of those. Oh, come on, dude. You can't make you can't miss that throw. <laughs> right. Because right? he'll he'll have some of those. He had some of those on film at Duke, but it just there wasn't a lot of them. But it's like that can be the difference between do you beat Georgia or do you not beat Georgia? Do you beat Ohio State or do you not beat Ohio State, right? Those are all parts of it. Those are areas we want to see. 